0: Welcome to Cup of Tea with the Vet. This is a fortnightly show pre-recorded live on social media. I started the show to help owners fall back in love with their vets and learn more about them as humans. We learn all about the vets' lives on this show and it's really fun and interesting. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another show of Cup of Tea with the Vet. And today we have got Katie Slapford joining us.
1: Hi, Katie.
0: Hello. Um, She's going to join us for our cup of tea, and we're going to find out loads about her. Katie,
1: would you like to start us off by introducing yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I'm Katie. I am the senior vet at Castle Vets in Reading. Um, I've been working there since I was about 15, doing work experience, and then gradually went off to vet school, became a vet, went back, and then i have worked my way, kind of up to being senior vet. And yeah, I'm doing my certificate in ophthalmology, so I have a a strong interest in eyes, but also just in the general care and surgery of everything we do each day. Wow,
0: I have to say, that is amazing. I can't believe that you were there as work experience and now you're there as senior lead vet. I mean, that is amazing. And actually it's a really good thing for the audience to hear because it does prove that you really can work your way up from wherever um, and get to wherever you want to um, and I have to say I mean I've got quite a history with um, Castle because they've actually been very supportive of me I used to have a clinic there um, so we've probably crossed paths if you've been there that many years I'm sure we've crossed paths um, and I, it was one thing I really noticed about the practice was how many people stayed there long term and did work their way up um, which was really quite impressive so yeah, and you're now you're now leading that progression, which is
1: absolutely yeah. amazing. And you love eyeballs, they yeah. grow some out. It's a real thing to like, but yeah, it's it's kind of a fascinating thing. There's nothing there's nothing prettier than looking at the back of a dog's eye. Um and that's something that many people get to see.
0: <laughs> I've heard that said, and I have said I've had um I had a doctor say to me once that they love dealing with eyes because they never age. Yeah. And I thought That's a really interesting thing and a beautiful thing to say. And that was his point was that the iris is beautiful no matter what. And um, but uh, unfortunately, I can't get the past that sometimes they're hanging out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's happened a few times. So I'm just like, no, no, no. Eyeballs are definitely not something that if I specialised in anything, that would not be it. (laughs) But um, that's fantastic. It's absolutely amazing. So tell us a
1: bit more about yourself. What do you like to do your spare time? So, well, when I'm not at work, um, I have four horses, so they take up quite a bit of my time. So I play um, very low goal polo, so low level polo um, in my spare time and I paint. Amazing, I did not know you have
0: four horses. That is really busy. I mean, four horses and being a vet is insane. And then to add painting on top, wow. Um, Can you show us something from your painting? Because I have to say, I did have a bit of a Google stalk and, oh, wow,
1: it was insane. You're you're an amazing artist. So, yeah, so it's kind of, it's always been a fun hobby for me and something that has been my downtime and my kind of relaxation time. Um, But, yeah, recently I've kind of tried to make it into a bit more than just a hobby. Um, So I think you've probably seen some of my dog portraits, which are not here with me. Um, because the only ones I can show you would be a secret. So the only thing I've got for you is this which I was working on earlier.
0: It's beautiful. Absolutely yeah. amazing. So, guys, if you're listening and you want your dog's portrait done, this is who you need to speak to. Yeah. Katie, I'm absolutely I'm so impressed. I mean, it's really nice when I hear about vets who multitask like that because it's really important that you have some downtime and you have something to really you know get your head outside of work and art clearly is a really good I mean a, a well-known thing isn't it for stress relief um and did you say that that deer behind you you did as well
1: yeah so this yeah that was it I recently bought a house so I haven't had much to put on the walls so I kind of knocked myself up a, a fake moose um just to fill some wall space it's
0: amazing absolutely amazing i think it's absolutely gorgeous and i you know i'm i'm actually very jealous because i've always wanted to be able to do art and i keep trying i battle through things and i have a have a attempt um last thing i tried oh my god it was such a failure um but i tried sketching you know actual sketching and i i'd even made a grid and everything so i could really you know i really took it seriously and tried oh wow uh, total failure. But I've got a friend who does the most amazing sketching and it, it looks so real, it's actually quite like whoa, whoa. Um, so yeah, and I have to say, I'm I'm hoping at some point he's gonna send me back a picture of my dogs because I did send them to him eight long ago and I was like, well, if you could, that would be amazing. Because yeah, art is just absolutely gorgeous. So um, yeah, well done you, and yeah, one day hopefully I can be able to draw. I'm and I'm going to try and suck your aura out of you while we
1: chat. <laughs> See what I can pull off. So the funny thing is, a load of people from work, so clients from work, have found out that I do, and then I kind of end up painting patients that I work on at work, which is a, a strange combination. Um, when you kind of start painting them in your free time and um, chopping them up in your in your daytime
0: yeah I was going to say you know but that's actually quite cool because you can do some really nice eye pictures to try and you know work in your ophthalmology side but yeah you don't want to get too up and nitty-gritty with the uh you know post-op surgery photos <laughs> um, but you know that that could lead to some very interesting artwork there right I have to say it's uh yeah I, I bet your brain's an interesting place to go <laughs> that's that's very cool. That is very cool. So, what made you decide to be a vet? I mean, I'm getting you clearly. Always wanted to be a vet.
1: Yeah. So, I think I did the standard kind of child thing of saying I wanted to be a vet, and then probably was just a little bit too stubborn. Um, and the more people kept telling me that it was hard and hard work, and you know, really want to work hard to get there, the more I sat down and and worked hard to get there. Um, and yeah, awesome. I, think I I always thought I'd go into equine, and I thought I'd be a horse vet, um, but I ended up being offered a maternity cover role at Castle, um, while I was there on a work experience placement, um, and thought, "Oh yeah, you know, nice temporary, temporary kind of startup job, um, close to home, nice and supportive, lovely team." And then I stayed, <laughs> and I loved it, and I, I wouldn't look back now. I wouldn't I wouldn't dream of going into f Fine, it's it's kind of yeah, been a really good job and of what I really like doing.
0: Oh, that's really perfect. And actually, because you've got your own horses, it's not like you haven't got a big background of understanding what equine vetting would have been. And uh, yeah, it's a lot warmer in the smallie practice, right?
1: <laughs> well, most of the time. Um, but also, like you know, you get to do a lot more surgery. And I think working with horses during the day, I wouldn't go home and want to work, you know, enjoy them in my free time. So I think it still gives me a hobby that's separate from
0: work. It's a very different type of veterinary, isn't it? Very different. Oh, that's fantastic so um Brian has jumped on and said looks amazing and I'm pretty sure that that is over your artwork so um yes yeah. so thank you so much for saying that Brian really appreciated um so what's your favorite part
1: of being a vet so really other than eyes which we've kind of brushed on already it's I'm not happy I'm never happier than when I'm in theatre um so when I'm doing surgery and operating it's it's kind of my happy place is where I kind of thrive and enjoy what I'm doing the most. Um, Other than that, I'd have to say it's kind of developing the relationship with the clients. I think there's nothing nicer than seeing them the whole way through and seeing um, the animals as they age and as they kind of develop and improve and kind of developing that relationship ongoing with the clients as well.
0: Well, I definitely love hearing you say that. Um, and you know, because I can com- completely agree, I think it's really important that we um, you know, develop relationships with the patients, you know, and, and keep keep going with them all, all their lives. And it's nothing nicer than hearing a client say, Oh, you know, I've used that vet for the last 10, 15 years, and you think, oh, that's really lovely. And yeah, that's that's an amazing thought. And I actually had a client the other day saying that they had the same vet for 30 years, and I was like, Amazing. I'm I that fact because <laughs> I knew who it was as well, and I was like i'm not i how are they not retired? <laughs> um so yeah that that's amazing. and I just want to point out to our audience as well that um that um Katie was nominated to join us on here by multiple people um who wanted to have her uh, interviewed and find out more about her um so um yes, we've got Ellie's mom. hopefully she's watching. Hi, Ellie's mum, if you're watching. Um, And and Crystal, um, who who used to work with you, obviously she also nominated you um, after she came on the show as well. Um, So you do leave a good trail of fans, which is wonderful. Crystal's always, like, throwing me in the deep end. (laughs) (laughs) If If you guys watching are any fans of Katie and have any stories you want to share about her, please do. That would be awesome um and yeah go on go on. especially the nitty-gritty ones they're great (laughs) um and yeah that's really lovely to hear about the surgery side of things as well because actually quite a lot of gp vets quite like the the consulting side and not necessarily loving the surgery side so um that's quite nice to hear about because it's you know it's quite a scary bit as well it's quite a lot of pressure but you're obviously quite good under pressure
1: Well, yeah, I quite enjoy it. And I think um, you'll you'll probably remember David, who was one of the partners at Castle, I was lucky enough to start and kind of, he took me under his wing a little bit and taught me a lot of of surgeries. And I think he was a brilliant person to learn from. Um, And kind of, he was nothing but supportive. And I think that really helped. And it's given me a lot of confidence to kind of do what we can for our, our patients and kind of within the remit of what we should be doing. You know, there's always referral out there, but for the clients that can't afford it there's someone's got to try for them you know and I think that's important
0: yeah absolutely I mean that's fantastic and yeah it's great that you've had David as your mentor because yeah he was at Castle forever as well wasn't he so um yeah and he had to retire and go off to pastures better and greener um and, and so you're the next the next generation along which is absolutely amazing and um and yeah there's you know there's definitely lots of things that um you, what well, you need to be able to do as well and it's not necessarily a case of um not being able to go to a referral sometimes things are emergencies you have to just Absolutely. get in there you don't have time for going any, anywhere else so um that's yeah that's amazing um so you obviously said you've got four horses um do you have any other pets as well or or, or just those yeah. guys keeping you busy
1: so i've basically got a collection of aging aging animals so um I've kind of well, worked my way up over the years from kind of fish, hamsters, guinea pigs, um, and now I'm left with kind of four, yeah, four ancient horses um, and a 15-year-old dog. Oh, we both got the 15-year-old dog club.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's impressive, isn't it? They're hard work, but they you love them to bits. But you're just always like,
1: oh, my dog's so old. And they they don't want to look after themselves either. They he doesn't know how old he is. He he still thinks he's kind of four and can run around and do whatever he wants and chase the fox down the garden and things like that. and It doesn't doesn't always end well. (laughs) No, my dog has got to the stage where um,
0: he very much has the life of Riley and he absolutely knows it. So he has got to the stage where he will bark for you to come and get him. And you go into the room and say, what do you want? And then he goes, well, I was hoping you would stand me up, but fine, I'll do it (laughs) myself. (laughs) Because obviously I won't stand him up unless he's, really struggling because he is starting to you know struggle and he falls over a bit and things um and um but he he desperately will just bark until you're in the room with him to watch him do whatever it is that he wants to do um and he barks at his food bowl all the time because he's like uh you put some food in it and now he's got to the stage where we feed him probably about four to six times a day so he has lots of little meals because that keeps him happy and uh yeah blimey the the stuff that old dogs get um it's incredible he now has a buggy for going out and about as well because he's so slow um which is wonderful like he, he keeps going like he go for a decent walk but he's just really slow so I like to get him to the park so then he can have a good walk around there He has the buggy to the park <laughs> and um and if I'm on the school run there's no way I can do that fast enough with him so he have to get the buggy all the way there <laughs> um yeah, the you just put such um, them on such pedestals at that age, don't you? And I I, I think it's really lovely. So uh, yeah,
1: yeah was interesting for them as well. You know, like taking him out in the buggy will stimulate him mentally, and then he won't need to do quite so much in terms of exercise to be tired and you know sort himself out again. Oh, absolutely! And come eight o'clock in the
0: evening, he's barking at us to go to bed as well. So. <laughs> Very demanding, very demanding. But yeah, <laughs> it's lovely. So Chloe Grabble, um, I hope that's pronounced right. Um, She's jumped on and said, I've worked with Katie for years and trust her entirely with all my animals. She has also created a portrait of our little Margie. Oh, how sweet. Um, she is a wonderful human and vet. She is also a mini David, <laughs> leaving as us, us much
1: mess behind her that we have to tidy up. Oh, Chloe, are you a nurse? <laughs> so, Chloe's one of our nurses, well, she she was, she actually, uh, today was her last day at the castle. Oh, bye, Chloe. And I missed it, so it's lovely to hear from her. Um, But yes, I did leave yesterday at about four o'clock and, uh, well, no, I left at about six o'clock, Having I should have left at four o'clock and I think I left an absolute site behind me in theatre. Um, <laughs> So I think that might be what she's referring
0: to. Quite probably, and I suspect there's a whole heap of times you haven't even noticed that you've left it behind. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Unfortunately, that's what that's what nurses moan about. It's fine. (laughs) Um, Chloe, thank you so much for jumping on and saying that, and that's really kind of you to say. And you know, at the end of the day, all can be forgiven, Katie, when you are kind and lovely as a human and a vet. So you know, nobody minds.
1: Da- one of Davidisms used to be leaving cupboard doors open, so you'd go and rummage and look through all the cupboards, and then just leave. And I think I have taken that on as well. Oh, <laughs> uh, I have to say, yes, that is that. I would be pretty annoyed as
0: as your nurse about that one too, because also you bonk your head on the open doors, and think, so. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So yeah, i definitely going to stick up for the nurses on that one. You have got to just break that habit. Okay. (laughs) I think I heard something like you have to do a habit 63 times for it to become a habit. So you know, just make sure you're shutting those doors enough times. So only 63. (laughs) And then you won't do it anymore. Okay. (laughs) Hey, Chloe, I'm trying to fix the problem. Um, But you're leaving now. So you know, just fix Katie's problems for the for the next team of nurses. <laughs> so um <clears throat> what part of being a vet still turns your stomach and grosses you out? There's got to be something.
1: So this was a this was a really hard one. So I I kind of there's not a lot that really gets me. Um I'd say there's a couple of cases that we've had, you know, when dogs have eaten things that they shouldn't have done and we make them sick. That's pretty gross. Um particularly when it smells like Thorntons or um Oh, I agree that's my worst one as well chocolate vomit yeah Um, it kind of makes you hungry but you feel sick at the same time (laughs) very complicated that wasn't it and
0: especially at Christmas when it's all sort of decorated with bits of beautiful foil
1: (laughs) (laughs) and it looks like (laughs) a bauble but yeah so there's there's kind of that and then the only other thing I could think of which because I'm not I'm not really kind of freaked out by eyeballs or broken legs or anything like that but dog food really still quite gets me wow (laughs) yeah impressive yeah um just you know wet dog food it's got a distinct
0: smell it has got a distinct smell and uh but yeah they do they do vary i can definitely understand with some of them some of them smell oddly nice and it's bit that freaks (laughs) me out more i'm like i'm appealed by this this is not right <laughs> um so yeah understandable so chloe says i am which means i suspect is to do with yesterday's leaving it all in a, in a tip on that particular occasion so um she's heard you chloe she's heard you <laughs> so if you're um if you had all the time in the world all the finance in the world and you know nothing was in your way what would your dream goal be so
1: i think uh, well there's kind of two main main things that I'm kind of fighting over at the moment in terms of what I would like to do one day. Um one is kind of setting up a practice just to do eyes. Um and that's a long term future goal, don't get worried. Um <laughs> but yeah, it would be kind of to do eyes and to operate on eyes all day, every day. Um, but then the other thing is one of my best friends from university is um he's gone off and started a charity in the Galapagos. Wow. Um, and he's kind of being a vet out there. So I think that's pretty impressive. And if I if nothing was an option, if nothing wasn't a um a problem, I would probably say I'd go out and join him and kind of work for him for a year or you know, get thing get some help on the ground for him.
0: Oh, that's amazing. And no, both of those are pretty achievable to be honest. There's nothing particularly run into the Mars Mars or the moon on that um so I think yeah you know, it sounds like you're a very real person you're like no what can I actually do <laughs> so that's quite impressive because you could easily take a year out and you know go and do your Galapagos dream and then come back that that's okay um and then the eyeballs thing although it's not necessarily your own practice you know you could be the the eyeball girl at castle that would be pretty cool
1: if I if I kind of continue so I should finish my certificate next year so if I can get that all sorted, then, you know, it opens up a bit more of a door and that side of things.
0: Yeah, that'd be really cool. And definitely really good to have your own thing as well. I totally agree with that. And I think it's actually quite, I don't know how many eye specialists there are around here. I think you've got to go quite far south to get to the nearest person, haven't you? Uh,
1: there's a, they're, they're cropping up. They're becoming more and more kind of popular around. Um, but then I think, you know, particularly at Castle, we've got quite a good mixed team of everyone's got their little niches. And I think that's a really nice place to be in where, you know, we're the whole team of vets and nurses, you know, they everyone has their little things that get them excited and kind of they, they know more on so that we can give more back to the client on, on that. So kind of um various vets like you know, eyes, surgery, um, hearts, you know, everyone's got their little little niche that we can kind of provide a better service on. That's really good. Um, if anyone's watching wants to ask questions about eyes,
0: please do because I am sure there's tons of people out there wondering whether dogs can have contact lenses and you know, what in the world do you actually do with eyes. Um, and you know, it is an ever-changing and ever-evolving, um up updated area, I would say, because historically not a lot's ever been done with an eyes other than taking them out. If they don't work get it out (laughs) um but you know i know that a lot's changed over the years hasn't it it's pretty upcoming field do you agree with that
1: yeah absolutely you know so contact lenses is something that we do do um so we actually use them as kind of bandages rather than to correct sight because it's very hard to get a dog to do an eye test um but yeah so we we do use those quite routinely and i think most clients when i suggest them are always slightly put off and think i've gotten gone slightly crazy and lost the plot but i think Eyes is an area that a lot of vets don't want to know about. Um, you know, they'll know the basics and then be keen to refer. And I think it's always something that if we can offer it, it's, it's nice to be able to offer it in-house.
0: Oh, definitely. Because it's really sore when you have a painful eye. It's just, Absolutely. it's sore, isn't it? It is yeah. for us. It's something we can all personally relate to as well, because who hasn't had something in your eye before? And the tiniest little hair is a big problem. Yeah. So... You know, it's just yeah, that's that's mad, and you know we've all had a bit of conjunctivitis in the past, and that's bad enough. It's you know so yeah, that's really lovely, really lovely to hear, and good luck with your certificate. I hope it goes well, and um, yeah, it's going to be a, a flourishing thing for you. That's amazing. So, um, if you could do a Facebook Live with anybody, dead or alive,
1: who would it be and why? So I think I think most people's answer is David Attenborough, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but I'll try and think of something a bit more original. Um it's okay to say that. He is amazing and that should be acknowledged. He is amazing. Um, but for you know, for the sake of not repeating maybe every person you have ever had on. I think, um, diversity, yep. <laughs> I think so there's kind of probably two main people that kind of stand out in my mind. Um so one would be the Prime Minister of New Zealand, um, because I think um, she's an incredible, incredibly strong woman leader. And I oh, think yeah. Girl this, power. Yeah, absolutely. And she's, she's young, she's pushed boundaries, and I think that's kind of a really inspiring person to talk to. Um, yeah. Something that I, I kind of would love to take even a, one leaf out of her book um, and kind of have a chat with her. And the other is probably David Shepard, who um, is a, kind of a big wildlife artist, um who had kind a of strong focus in conservation as well which is kind of something that I feel quite strongly about um, oh that's
0: really cool and yeah conservation is a, is a huge topic isn't it I would yeah. love to be involved with rewilding I just yeah. think that's so important it's untrue and if I had um an opportunity to do like uh I don't know like a big crowdfunding I would crowdfund for site to just rewild and that would yeah. be that you know because yeah it's it's hugely important and I think if Covid does not taught everybody that then nothing will <laughs> so yeah it's amazing Absolutely. isn't it
1: and I think you know we're at such a, a point in, in the UK where we're losing so much um and if we don't keep it and protect it it's you know parkland and, and kind of managed land is not the same no and we and we have to
0: acknowledge as well like I didn't realize this I was talking to a guy um and it was at a national history um natural history place um, it was Osborne House actually in the Isle of Wight and it was he was one of the park managers and he said he went over to Brazil to talk about deforestation and they said to him well you're a fine one to talk, you deforest your country years ago and now you're having a go at us and I was like whoa and he obviously, he was like oh my god that's such a good point but he hadn't really acknowledged that so you yeah. know we've done devastating things to our country and then all of a sudden you know it's a problem for everybody else to do the same of course it is of course it is but it was also a problem that we've done it and we've got to now undo it so um yeah there's been some interesting documentaries about it and stuff as well so yeah it's a really fascinating subject and uh yeah it would have been really weird living in in a forest years ago like when it actually was like that i do sometimes walk through forests and think
1: imagine living in here That'd been weird <laughs> wandering around rather than you know your average, average tabby cat
0: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Um, So Gemma Holland has jumped on. I don't know if you know her, because I definitely don't get this question. Um, How many teeny weeny babies is too many teeny weeny babies for a respectable adult? Is that
1: something you can answer? I feel like that's an (laughs) in-joke. I have no idea. Um, (laughs) Gemma used to be one of the nurses at Castle, um, and she um, then moved off to work in referral. um, And she has just had a baby, and I'm wondering if she's trying to tell me she's having another one. Ah, that that'll be
0: it. Or try and decide whether or not to have another one. <laughs> I can completely understand the context of that comment now, Gemma. That makes a lot more sense. Um, <laughs> and yeah, really tough, tough question that one, by the way.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think there's another one though.
0: <laughs> it's
1: it's really it's really oh she says beanie babies. Oh okay, yeah. Did you collect beanie babies? No, so I I did have a problem as a child. <laughs> <laughs> Gemma, uh, thank you so much for telling us this. So now Katie has got to spill on this. Come on. Yeah, thanks. Um, so I think at my parents' house, there are probably about 250 Beanie Babies.
0: Oh, my God. OK, Katie, that is too many.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think Gemma has a photo of me standing in front of them at some point. Um, but I don't think. Share
0: this photo. If you jump on, share it on the on the chat, and I'll have a look afterwards. Wow, I have to say that now that's a lot of picture in that in that comment now, and it's a very good question. um And the respectable adult thing is very <laughs> it's a very good point. And I, what I more want to say is, I'm actually quite impressed that your parents have kept them, and they haven't gone. No, they're your problem. You've bought a house now. Fill your own house up with them. My parents wouldn't have kept hold of those. <laughs>
1: I should just say that
0: I I've only moved out two months ago, so two months is plenty of time to move those beanie bears.
1: Not when there's that many. <laughs> <laughs> Removal vans will do it in a day, I promise. <laughs> we don't need to suggest that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry, if if Katie's parents are watching, she does not want them at her house. She recognizes that she has a problem, <laughs> but she doesn't know how to fix it.
1: It's a problem that's no longer my problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is if you won't get rid of them, you know,
0: but you know, donate them, donate them. There'll be lots of, of children out there wanting them for Christmas. There you go.
1: Someone once told me that one day they'd be worth a lot of money. And the trouble is a lot of them, I think mum bought as knockoffs. So I don't think they're actually worth that much.
0: Exactly. And I think half the time you think things are going to be worth something and then they're not. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not a cash in the attic person, but I wish I was. (laughs) Um, But I suspect I, I, well, I feel like I'd be the person that turned up going, oh, it's 50p. Okay. Oh, Gemma, that was great. Thank you so much for popping on, on and um, and uh, enlightening us there. If anyone else has got any very cool things to tell us about Katie, I would be very grateful to hear. It's really important that we learn that our vets are actually humans as well. Um, and they are. So it's, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. So um, tell us a bit. Um, to, uh, spit it out. Sorry. Tell us something that nobody knows about you, other than the Beanie Babies thing, which oh, is now spilt. Jera's gone and
1: spilled that one. Um, there's not that much. Um, into I guess one fun fact is um so I was on a pet placement in South Africa for a while. Um, and there's actually a photo of me being slightly mauled by a pet tiger. Oh, Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's something I agree with owning pet tigers. Um say that. But yeah, we were out visiting and um it it kind of took me to the floor and bit my neck. <gasps> that's scary. Yeah. Wow.
0: And exactly why people don't have pet tigers for one of many reasons. <laughs> oh my god, that's you must have been terrified. Were you okay?
1: Yeah, and the most important thing is someone got a picture of it.
0: (laughs) Well, yes. I mean, you do need that evidence to prove that you were hardcore.
1: (laughs) No, no, I was absolutely fine. My T-shirt got shredded all that because it clawed my back. And so my T-shirt got shredded and I had a big kind of tooth mark in a line down my neck. But that was it. It could have been a lot worse. That most definitely could have been
0: a lot worse. Mm -hmm. And needless to say that you are now fine with whatever a domestic cat can throw at you, right?
1: (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Wow, that's really scary. You Poor thing. I can't believe that. I'm a bit knocked for that one. That was a good one to tell us. Wow, you're like Superwoman, Katie. Now, Tiger Wrestler. Wow, that's that's insane. I would have just cried. I mean, I, I can understand it would have been sort of one of those weird, surreal moments. But yeah, Something
1: that only felt okay in that situation. <laughs> of course.
0: Yeah, yeah. How how bizarre. Wow. Well, yeah, you've definitely, I think you've won the nugget on that one. (laughs) That's amazing. So what's the most spontaneous thing you've ever done?
1: Agreeing to do this. (laughs) Well done! (laughs) So I guess when I was at uni, I um, I finished my fourth year exams, which were kind of quite a big deal, um, and trundled off to the hairdressers and agreed to have 12 inches of hair cut off and donated to charity um that's lovely one like so two of my friends chopped half of it off each side and one chopped up here and one chopped down here which is a lovely experience
0: (laughs) that's brilliant oh my god that's amazing oh that's really that is really nice it's really important that hair can go off to where it needs to go and and do all these things that's really lovely and a
1: great celebration for your exams yeah well it's something to do no, um, so yeah, they went off to the Little Princess Trust, which is a charity that make um, wigs for children with cancer.
0: Oh, that's really lovely. Oh, well done you. That's really good. So, tell us a bit more about your um, your practice, and you know, what's
1: what wonderful skill sets or amazing people that you work with. What yeah, do you want to tell us about it? So, Castle's had a bit of a, a change up recently. So, kind of quite a few. You know, the, the long-standing members have, have gone off to pastures new and retired and things. So we're now kind of um, mainly headed by Alice, who is our clinical director. Um, but she is currently off on maternity. Um, so it's myself and Claire, who's been there a very long time. And um, Claire's a fabulous vet who um, is so thorough in what she does and so current and up to date. And I, you know, she's a dream to work with. She really is. That Claire um, Hever? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, love her, I've known her for years, blimey. She's brilliant. Um, yeah. So we've got Claire, we've got um, Miranda, who's been there a long time as well. Um, yes. We've kind of got a, a few new faces to join the team. So um, some kind of young, forward-thinking, kind of fresh ideas, um, threats that we've kind of joined. So we've got currently Lucy and Alicia, and then we've got a couple, we're expanding as well. So we've got a couple of new faces joining the team over the next couple of months. Um, And then we're lucky enough as well to work with um, Hannes Bergman, who is an amazing specialist for anyone who's um, had their dog or cat referred to him. I think they'll agree he is wholeheartedly one of the best vets. He's kind of a European diplomat in in soft tissue and orthopedic surgery. Um, And he comes to us every Tuesday. And I think he's a real asset to our our team. And he's a, a dream to work with. As long as you keep him topped up on tea he um, is always happy to help you and I think that's a really a really great thing we've got at Castle is having that backup knowledge um that he can offer and also being able to refer some of those things in-house and keep them keep them nice and local
0: oh that's lovely that's absolutely wonderful and um so my next question I wanted to ask is what do you love about physio
1: yeah so I think the, the main thing for me is obviously I'm um, I see the patients for their, their follow-up checks in between. So for me, it's it's getting that, it's seeing that improvement over time. Um, you know, you, you send off a patient that's struggling and, and not not quite right and um, for a variety of reasons. Um, and you see, you get you get your reports back and you see the progress they're making kind of on paper and then they come back in and, and the difference is incredible. And I think on top of the the clinical improvement one of the main things i like is actually how you see the bond develop between the uh, the patient and their owner so i think physio only only brings that bond stronger and they start to pick up and notice so many more things that they wouldn't necessarily notice before and i think the homework they get from from you as well is is kind of testament to that because it gets them going it gets them excited and it gets them pushing forwards on on the whole the big picture and what they can do for their their pets in all situations
0: that's really lovely thank you so much that's a really um wonderful way that you've put that as well because actually that's something I didn't even think about I mean I I know how much the bond is incredible between an owner and their dog um or or whatever pet they've got um but of course didn't even think about the fact that obviously physio enhances that bond even further I mean I know when I teach your massage I I say that that bond gets closer but never really sort of think about it as the broad picture of the whole of physio which is quite interesting really um so well done picking up on that that's really nice and um it's really lovely that you've got such a um a positive view to say on it as well which is you know really lovely because yeah I mean obviously I've been doing you, your guys physio for many 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 years now um <laughs> which um but yeah it's a shame that you're in Reading really. It's a, Bit of a distance but um but not too bad not too bad um so yeah that's really lovely thank you and it just yeah ties together quite nicely because obviously you've got Hannah's doing his orthopedics and um and then Visio obviously enhances for that as well which is lovely so you've got a nice nice little packet of everything you need there haven't you it's lovely
1: and there's only so much you know you can you can fix a joint you can you can do a TPLO or a TTA and, and correct the mechanical problem but it takes so much more than that to build the muscle back and to, to get that animal functioning as they should be and, and kind of enjoying life again. And Absolutely. That's Absolutely.
0: Thank you. So I know you don't want this question, but I'm asking you anyway.
1: What's the weirdest dream you've ever had? I just don't know. <laughs> um, other than kind of having, having a lot of work-based dreams, which is probably not a good thing to say. Um, I, I think it's I, quite normal. Yeah um those sunday night terrors um i think being a vet you can you can really have some some strange dreams that probably aren't aren't worth sharing (laughs) That's fair enough but i wanted to ask you it publicly just in
0: case it pushed you over the edge to make sure you answered something because uh you know it's always (laughs) nice to hear but uh that's fair enough and sometimes dreams are just so boring anyway i i swear I've just been affected by the fact that so many people have moved houses lately I had a dream the other day about moving house I mean what how ridiculous is that I'm perfectly happy in my home (laughs) but so many of my friends have up sticks and gone and um and one of my friends particularly uh, she's a another physio it was relatively local um and she qualified she moved up north she literally just sold up her and her mum just just went together um and Oh my goodness me! What they bought is just like whoa, and because um, they've got loads of land and it's just all beautiful. And um, and I I said, oh god, she's so lucky. And um, but yeah, I wonder if having spoken to her, that was what triggered that one off. <laughs> so I was like having my moment of I want my house in the country. <laughs> but anyway, fair enough. No, no weird dreams that you're prepared to tell us about. So uh, we'll just make up our own thoughts there. That's fine. Um. so if you could treat any any type
1: of animal in the world what would it be I think I'd have to say giraffe Oh, cool! they are my all-time favorite I could watch them all day every day for hours um they are cool yeah they're just they're just amazing and they have um kind of lots of quirks that I think would be quite interesting to treat um and kind of challenges of how you get up to look in those eyes (laughs) yes
0: yes absolutely yeah i mean i think they've got cool platforms actually in the zoos but um yeah but yeah that that is very cool
1: that is very cool what is the coolest animal that you've ever treated well so i did a i did a placement whilst i was at uni at um a zoo in devon so I, i i get i got to treat giraffe um and lions and all sorts so yeah it was that's probably one of the coolest things we've done so doing kind of um anesthetics on a gorilla to do chest x-ray is stuff you don't forget um being that up close and personal I imagine yeah that must have been absolutely awesome
0: like you know literally awestruck moment you're like whoa that's amazing yeah what a great placement to have got and a great experience and opens your eyes that type of thing doesn't it so
1: um and just you know you get to see a whole different way of uh, houses around them and kind of the back um what goes on behind the scenes of, as to kind of why they're important and what they can bring to us it. yeah
0: it's actually a really really huge conversation i mean I, back before i even started out in my veterinary career i did um, animal care and i learned so much about you know the background of zoos and the compli- the complexity of zoos it's yeah. it's not a simple it's not a simple conversation at all is it it's um it's very very complicated but um yeah yeah very amazing what especially what some of them do amazing so what's been the most memorable part of your career so far?
1: So this is a really tough one. So I think there's lots of kind of big surgeries that stand out as, as kind of being special and exciting. And I think probably the case that will stay with me forever um, is a case that was really close to my heart. So he um, I was actually scrubbed in with David on, on placement and it was the first cesarean I was involved in. Oh, um, yeah. So we delivered 11 St. Bernard puppies. Wow. And then when i started at castle as a vet um in walked in one of them through the door um with an adder bite to his foot oh no and actually half his foot sloughed off um and we were left with a, a huge room to treat and deal with and i think we, we the owner though everyone at castle all worked tirelessly to kind of get him get him fixed and i think we all felt so passionately as kind of what was what was a fight that we were going against. And, it, you know, there are many times that we thought, actually, it's not fair. Um, you know, we, we can't, he, he's not, he's never going to come right, but we all kept fighting and, and he was brilliant. He was comfortable. He would let us do absolutely anything to him. And I think, you know, treating him the whole way through, I think it was probably about six months um until he was healed and we had to amputate ampl- to toe. Um, but I think being involved in his life from the very beginning seeing him kind of develop and have have a big issue and unfortunately we lost him last year um, um for un, unrelated reasons but it was kind of I think he would be the case that stays with me forever
0: I couldn't see exactly why there's literally no way that that cannot stay with you I mean to be there from day one I mean those caesareans are intense aren't they and you know to I mean yeah you feel like your baby when that happens doesn't it and um and then later on to go through something so dramatic as that to uh, only lose one toe is really quite amazing actually so yeah congratulations well done because wound care is intense especially when you've had a toxin like that involved it's awful so yeah it's
1: yeah. rewarding you know wound care is something that when you get it right is is such a rewarding thing to to kind of work with um because you really see that improvement time on time and you develop you know you see the clients again and again and again and it's it's kind of a nice area to you can both see improvement and both work harder the very the the funny thing about the wound care i
0: always feel is because um i see it sound terrible but it's almost like opening a present at christmas every single no, time no, 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 no. <laughs> you, you have to it's literally comes in wrapped up because it's still got the bandage on and then you you go like oh god how's it gonna look how's it gonna look how's it gonna look and then you reveal <laughs> and then you're like oh <laughs> and you want to be like yay but you can never be quite yay because it's never actually fixed and it always looks disgusting and you have to clean it up <laughs> so, yeah. um, but every time in your head you're like built up this massive place and this this whole big reveal has to happen and um, so it's a funny thing isn't it Care? it really is uh, you know an odd mindset and um, but when they come good in the end you 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 have to take photos as well don't you because day one you can never remember day one you always end up remembering just the last one you've seen and then it isn't until you look back on the photo so you go oh yeah oh blimey wow and um yeah i, I always think it's like weight loss you know you you don't really remember all the stages before you remember just the one just before and, um, yeah and like when people get older you don't you know but you see it's hard to remember how somebody looked years ago you just remember how you last see them it's, it's funny old thing that isn't it so yeah amazing what a great story that's fantastic a special special client yes yeah, definitely well may you have many more like that obviously not <laughs> you know, you have good good end results but what i mean is you know following through their whole journey of life is absolutely amazing and i have no doubt that client you've left a lasting impression in their brain forever that's never going to be forgotten either so um, yeah, that's quite an amazing place for you to be as well. <laughs> so um, thank you so much, Katie. It's been amazing chatting. Um, yeah. And
1: what I really want to get from you now as well is your um, top tip for pain. So I think yeah, the, the kind of the main thing. And it sounds it sounds silly, but recognizing it in the first place.
0: Um,
1: I think so I, many people come in and go, oh, you know, and like you look at the dog and you go, or oh, oh, the cat and you go, how is it? How's it going? How's mobility? And they go, oh, you know, all, all fine, but he, he's getting old. Um, and you think actually, that's not a reason. You know, that's not a reason to be painful. We we don't we don't do that with people. We don't say that's okay. So let's let's be proactive and let's address those issues before they become too much of a problem. I think that's exactly. my biggest thing: is is catching it early, getting on board, and looking at the whole picture. So not just saying, have some pain relief, hide the problem let's say, right, have some pain relief, make them comfortable, but let's work on what we can do to make that improve for the future and to not let them be in pain for the future and kind of slow down how that progression of its arthritis is going to hit them. And I think, you know, it's really looking at the whole picture. So including physio, including holistic methods, changes at home, looking at their routine and kind of changing as much as we can to make that improve for, for the patient really.
0: Definitely, definitely. That's an excellent point you raise, and it's absolutely right. And there's a sort of two prong attack here as well, because it's one actually being able to recognise the pain and what it looks like, because it is different as well. Every single patient will be slightly different. There's no two will look the same in their presentation with pains. You can't go, oh, that's happened, therefore that's pain. It's so much more complicated. But the other prong of that is also being able to accept it as an owner because it is really scary. It's really scary to admit that they're getting old um, and, you know, that they might be in pain, especially if owners think, because this is what I often find is that they think there's nothing that can be done. So therefore they don't go to the vet because they don't want to talk about it because, well, what's the point? Um, so, you know, it's a great time to say, please go to the vet. because There's so much we can do. And don't also be scared that it's going to be drugs, 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 because, yeah. Um, as Hannah Capon always says, I love this quote, rugs before drugs. Um and you know, it's so true, there's so many things you can do just to make changes around the home, or you know, or just your lifestyle and all sorts of things that will end up making life so much better. But it doesn't have to be scary, but you add years to your life if you can address it early and then not get to those bad points that then require the drugs. And obviously, you know, the drugs are gonna come, but pff, we'll worry about that later. Um so yeah, it's it's such a good point that you raise is is definitely recognising it and, and not being scared of it and uh go and have a chat because we're all there to try and help and there's so much there's so much you can do, isn't there? Just
1: I think you. it's it's finding a vet and a practice as well that work with you. Everyone's got different ideas, everyone's got different preferences. You know, talk talk to your vet, as you say, your vet's a human being as well. And let's, you know, talk to them about what you want to achieve and they will work with you to achieve that. And to kind of to nip things in the bud before they become a problem we're not always going to say oh it's too late we need to you know we need to talk about euthanasia it's it's about getting going back three years and looking at kind of when we can start that that change to make them more comfortable exactly definitely Well thank you so much Katie it has been absolute
0: pleasure to talk to you and learn more about you and uh, you are very cool and I really like how how you are how your ethos is and your artwork it's very awesome (laughs) so um, I want to thank all my wonderful audience for joining in and for watching and um, you guys all have a great evening and um, oh, Amanda has just jumped on and said, Katie is fab. Thank you so much for saying that, Amanda. She would be thrilled <laughs> to hear. So thank you so much. Um, you take care and I will see everybody again in two weeks time for our next Cup of Tea with a Vet. Take Perfect. care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Cup of Tea with the Vet. If you want to hear it live and get involved, join us on our Facebook or YouTube channel, Animal Physiotherapy Limited. And if you can leave a review, please do. They really help and I read every single one. Thanks for listening.